This episode of This Is Why contains a frank conversation about death. If you or someone you know is in crisis and needs help, resources are available. In case of an emergency, please call 911 for immediate help. The Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, Depression Hurts, Kids Help Phone, 1-800-668-6868, and the Trans Lifeline, 1-877-330-6366, all offer ways of getting help if you or someone you know may be suffering from mental health issues. It's a topic that we don't talk about daily in polite society, yet it's all around us. And during the pandemic, it's entered the conversation for more than 14,000 families. But talking about death could improve our relationship with it and with life. I'm Adam Toy. And I'm Dave McIver. And this is Why. In Aztec mythology, Itzlacolioki is the god of frost, the embodiment of winter. He also represents matter in a lifeless state. And the dead of winter has, classically, been associated with death, as foliage dies off and animals go into hibernation, waiting for the renewal of spring. And as much as we are all looking forward to the renewal brought on by coronavirus vaccines, we must first get through winter. And with that winter will come more deaths. Does all this talk about death make you feel uncomfortable? Well, how do you think you'd feel playing something called the death conversation game? Angela Fama is a multidisciplinary artist in Vancouver and the founder of the death conversation game and joins us. Thank you so much for your time, Angela. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to talking. Indeed. So, uh, Angela is in that quick little bio, people hear death conversation, and I'm sure that for a vast majority of our, our listeners, the, the conversation of death uh, with the subject of death uh, in, in any sort of a personal way never really comes up. I mean, when we hear about deaths, it's, it's often in the news as a statistic, but as the famous quote goes, uh, one death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a, is a statistic. I'm wondering how you got into the conversation around death. What started your journey down this, uh, this idea to talk in depth about uh, end of life? Yeah, I had, uh, I fully agree with what you're saying about our culture and its avoidance of talking about death. I discovered uh, my own affinity for it after uh, nearly dying in a car accident when I was 30 Um, and noticing I've always been inquisitive I've always wanted to talk about everything and I noticed while I was healing all I could think about was death and my community around me even though they were being really supportive all they wanted to talk about was joy or getting past this and the death word was almost like the, (laughs) the f word it was it was I couldn't like no one wanted to talk directly about death Um, And so it took me about 10 years after that. I started researching. I was just trying to tap into it, but I couldn't really find many resources to talk about it directly with people. I could read about it. I could watch about it. I could, you know, our culture tends to almost eroticize it. It makes it this thing we see on TV, but not actually a personal thing we talk about. Um, So, yeah, it it took me about 10 years to figure out how to even start talking about it because we don't really have narratives to help us formulate those conversations, even if we want to. Looking at uh, some statistics that Tara Moriarty has has put up uh, online, um, the 
of the 10 largest mortality events in Canadian history, COVID-19 is number two in number of Canadian deaths per year. So to, to my thinking in 2020 and uh, continuing to, into 2021, death has become a part of our lives again in, you know, coming out of the shadows, so to speak, and very much affecting more Canadians and Canadian lives, Canadian families, because every one of the 13,000 some deaths uh, is is a family that's in mourning. I'm wondering if, if in this year you have seen uh, or have had more conversations about death with people or if you've seen it more in, you know, kind of social media in the, in the zeitgeist. I have. I think it goes hand in hand with the space that is also being created for people to self-reflect. We don't have as many distractions around us as well as this impending death. <laughs> the, the, the question of it, the hearing of death, or maybe you've been in a family that's, that's um, exposed to it and, and communally grieving has changed. People aren't allowed, like there's online funeral services. Everything is shifting to be able to even be able to process it together. Um, whether it's even COVID-related or not, there's people are still dying in general as well as COVID. So even when we put a mask on it and we go outside, which is essentially, we know why we're doing it. It is, it is a health-conscious being aware, but our bodies are consciously separate from our minds, our bodies are aware something's wrong. We're afraid. We're afraid. So there's systemic death, there's cultural death, there's social death, there's physical, personal death. And I don't think there's, yeah, I don't think there's as many things to, to, to take us away from actually looking at it. I feel like you kind of answered it already, Angela, but I guess my question is, are the majority of us talking about death the right way? Or do you feel like people should take a different approach to the way that we talk about death? I think taking a different approach, um, very much so. I feel when we do talk about it, it's, it's, um, it's with timidity and wanting to be sure we aren't um, hurting. But since no one's talking about it very openly, we, it's sort of like the, the elephant in the room when you, when you say someone has passed or how we talk to children, they've gone to a better place. This isn't, this isn't truth. We don't know where people go necessarily there's lots of different beliefs about it but it tends to be something we we avoid talking about truthfully should we be talking about death then at an earlier age with with uh with children and and uh even as adults so, you know should we if it's a conversation we've avoided is it something that we should be talking about earlier yes yeah um if we think about how our habits are formed society structure family we're taught at an early age how to approach things so that by the time you become an adult and you're really faced more, you know, more often, many children do have to face death or, or look at death. But um, if we're not thinking about it or approaching it earlier, it becomes this fearful thing. So as adults, it's much harder for us to approach it in general. Um, so if, if people today start changing, if the adults today start changing the narrative, children won't be as so afraid of it. Um, in my research and, and when I've talked to children, they tend to reflect their adults' views on it. And some children quite openly say, hey, if we... I don't know. It's just a thing. If you if we talk about it, it doesn't get so scary. Like it's just part of life. So we're taught that fear. Um, I, I'd like to get into how you uh, start a conversation about death. Um, how would you bre- broach the the topic with 
Well, let's start with children since we're on this, uh, since we're talking about that right now. Um, I haven't had as much experience with children because I feel like, again, how we change the narrative is we have to change ours first. We have to take that courageous step to adults. Um, but the children I have spoken with, um, the parents were there. And I used the deck. The, there's like 67 questions. Um, and we kind of streamlined them, took out a few of the more specific adult ones, like like details about advanced care planning, because when you're a child, your parents are still responsible for that. But questions more like, how do you feel about death? Or, um, what do you think happens? when we die what's consciousness like it, it starts kids are very creative and imaginative and and looking at different ways to talk about death i learned more talking to children the same way i learned talking to adults just about our different ways we can even approach what death is uh, when you said the deck you're talking about this the death conversation game death which, conversation game yeah which is a, a deck of of questions uh as part of it 67 question cards that are a part of it like you said some of those questions that uh, that you can ask. Uh, one of them that's on the website uh, very clearly is, do you feel near or far from death? Which I feel like is a question that could be asked every moment of one's life. But um, I, I'm, I'm, what about the, the, the broaching the conversation uh, among adults about death? death? It, it seems to me that this, this game, this deck uh, of questions that you've got is a way to do that. But Absent the death conversation game, mm-hmm. how, what, what are some good ways to, to get into a conversation about death? Mm-hmm. I think um, being very aware of empathy and compassion and how every different person, let's say whether someone hasn't even really started thinking about death all that much, or maybe they're processing death because someone near them is approaching death, maybe they're grieving, someone has died. I think with each person, it's a bit different. I generally tend to speak openly about it. And then I'll see how people's response to it is and sort of help open the conversation as best I can, depending on who I'm speaking with. So with with you, you already asked me. So I'm like, great, the doors are open. We can talk about death. Um, most people are, tend to be a bit uncomfortable at first, but if you have confidence and if you show that you are not afraid of the subject, um, it tends to make others feel comfortable. I tend to usually open with my own experience because then it, and not too much of it, so I don't go off on my own story, but it tends to make people more comfortable if I've shown some vulnerability before I ask them to. So it depends on each situation, but you totally, you don't need the deck to start the conversation. I think it's just being as courageous enough to even say the word death. If someone's had someone die, say, talk about it, ask, you know, and read their responses, right? This episode of This Is Why contains a frank conversation about death. If you or someone you know is in crisis and needs help, resources are available. In case of an emergency, please call 911 for immediate help. The Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, Depression Hurts, Kids Help Phone 1-800-668-6868, and the Trans Lifeline 1-877-330-6366, all offer ways of getting help if you or someone you know may be suffering from mental health issues. Angela, I, and correct me if I'm wrong if I, if I misheard you, but you mentioned earlier that you know, we're scared to have the conversation about death because death scares us. And yeah. I was wondering, do you think having a conversation around death can actually lead us to living better lives? Because we only have so much time on this earth, and if we're scared of death, 
wouldn't it make our lives better to to talk about it? Hands down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, in my experience, it was amazing for me what happened after almost dying. My entire life changed. I thought I had sort of, I thought I was living quite sincerely and truly. And, and I didn't even really know what joy was until I had to face the, the, the idea of not actually existing until I was given, I guess, a second chance and, most of us don't even have that. And I find the more that I talk about it, the more I approach that fear, the more I look at it directly, the more I'm able to accept it. And I'm not living with this huge fear. We're all going to die. It's, it's, it's a fact. Um, and people I've talked to, I am so excited by what happens. Most, most are a little bit nervous before we have a conversation. If, if we are sitting down to have a committed death, a conversation on death. And then afterwards, everyone seems slightly relieved and thoughtful and and almost excited sometimes at, at the idea that this door that's been like wedged shut is like, oh, it's not going to, it's not actually going to kill me to open it and look at it. Um, yeah, it brings so much joy to, to not have that, I always call it an elephant in the room, but have that fear dictating where your thoughts can go inside your own head. I'm wondering... Um... It seems to me that mourning is is often a very private matter in in Western culture. How can changing how one mourns change one's relationship with death? Again, similar to that question of will we will we feel more um, uh, a benefit from talking about death in our lives? Uh, I think there's also a benefit in talking about grief. Um, and sharing grief, even, again, each person has their own individual way. It is another one of those things. Oh, you do that behind closed doors. Um, and I found I've had to grieve um, both deaths as well as, uh, uh, I guess, systemic abuses. And so before facing death, I've just separately had to really learn how to lean in to grieving or lean into what is actually inside the pain that we feel and from that has also brought joy because you're not you're not avoiding yourself you're not not looking at what's actually in there so the more you're able to do that for yourself the more you're able to understand when others are grieving so again it's not that reciprocal fear of oh god you're grieving i don't even know how to deal with my own grief so i'm gonna oh okay cool hope you feel better soon you know Um, it's another one of those avoided topics. And I find the more we're courageous enough to, to open it, the more we learn, like, seeking how to how to actually grieve. What is grieving? What does it feel like to just, if it's just bodily pain, uh, like a sadness that comes out, sometimes it's not even naming it. It's like having a place. There's, there's things that are opening up, like uh, grief groups. And again, like death, it's another thing that's starting to be talked about more, which is really exciting because we can feel our joy. The more I've opened to talking about my grief, the more I feel my joy. So again, like you were saying, that shadow and light, um, I feel it grows cyclically. Like the more I, I release into one, the other also releases. And it's the feeling of being truly alive. In Bhutan, yeah. they, they've got a, a, a tradition of of contemplating death, there's a saying that contemplating death five times daily brings happiness. Mm-hmm. And you've got a, 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 a TEDx talk that's that's titled "How Talking About Death Can Make You Happy." Mm-hmm. Um, how it, it, to to you know conventional thought 
death is we, we just talked about mourning death and grief but there it, there is a, a through there seems to be a through line between death and happiness i think the two are so deeply connected i have a pretty heavy meditation practice and uh goenka the pasana goenka ji is the teacher and so I, I pull a little bit of my understanding from that so it's not it's not in any way a religious or a, a dictative way of thinking but it, through that process of really going inward and looking, I've learned that the things I'm afraid of looking at, if I don't look at them, they don't go anywhere. They just hold like a weight in my body. So if we're avoiding looking at death, it doesn't matter. It's still in our consciousness. We still know that every step or every moment, it's in everything we look at around us. And if we're, if we're avoiding it, it becomes a weight. Um, and I feel like the more we can talk about it openly, the more we look at it openly, that weight is relieved in every element of our lives, um, whether it's whether we get irritated or whether we get happy, it just opens us to have that channel more sincerely with whatever we're feeling because we can commit more of ourselves to it when we're feeling it. We're not being distracted by this weight. It's like, no, no, look at me. I'm over here. Look at me. And I also find that, like, the more I've talked about it, it's hard to say this again because it is such a great, it is a loss. But there are also silver linings or or beauteous sides of it it is it is part of our existence so to fight something that is that that we cannot avoid there's something that comes there's a there's a calm a peace that comes from the acceptance of that we're all so different so it doesn't mean that everyone's going to get happy talking about it but i believe that that most will find a sense of peace and to me that's what happiness is there's a there's a serenity uh a relief that comes from not trying to avoid something that is unavoidable. It comes up in ev- almost everything we we touch in life, too, if you think about relationships ending, if you think about how we process death, whether it's of our bodies or whether it's of circumstances. Like, we're grieving culturally right now with COVID. We're we socialized, like, our, our system has, has halted. There's a lot of different kinds of death happening that... that if we if we talk openly about it and approach it openly, then we can then we have more opportunity to, to face the peace and the joy that can come from the newness that is now here, rather than avoiding talking about what isn't here. This is why it's produced by me, Adam Toy, and Dave McIver. It's a national radio show and a podcast. You can reach us by email at this is why at globalnews.ca and on Twitter at this is why. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, make sure you subscribe to This Is Why so you never miss an episode. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. Thanks for listening. Wash your hands, wear a mask, stay home. We'll see you soon.